You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't ask on the Savage Lovecast. In addition to keeping up with the podcast, keeping up with Savage Love, keeping up with Slog and the Savage Love Letter of the Day, I recommend that folks keep up with tinynibbles.com, which is sex writer, author, pundit, activist, uh, Violet Blues, uh, totally excellent website and blog. And I keep up with it and I'm so glad because I wouldn't have seen this video. I tried Cosmo's sex advice and wow, does my penis hurt at Funny or Die. You should go watch it. I've frequently had to debunk Cosmo's sex advice. It is terrible sex advice in Cosmo. The er example for me has always been sex tips, you know, to really wow your man. And it told young ladies that if they were on a hike with their man, and I don't believe I've ever seen anyone who reads Cosmo actually on a hike anywhere. But if you read, you know, if you're on a hike with your man that when he's not looking, you should slip a small, smooth, cold stone into your pocket. And then, you know, when you're messing around in the woods and having that public sex that heterosexuals are entitled to, uh, but not gay people, we get arrested for that. You should, when he's not looking, at the very last minute, slip the smooth, cold stone out of your pocket, which will be within reach while you're having sex, and then press it into his anus. Not all the way in, just against his anus, and that will give him the orgasm of his life. That will, in actual fact, cause him to jump 30 feet in the air and ask you what the fuck you're doing pressing a cold rock against his ass at the moment of orgasm. But Cosmo thinks you should try it, and maybe that does... Give a guy the most amazing orgasm. If he flies 30 feet in the air and then falls to the ground and hits the ground splat, who knows what kind of orgasm that guy's going to have. Might break his dick in half when he hits the ground if he lands face down, but an amazing orgasm. Anyway, go to Violet Blue's website, frequently, tinybubbles.com. Keep up with her sex writing. Keep up with her links, which is where today I found the link to I Tried Cosmo's Sex Advice While My Penis Hurts. You should go check it out. This episode of the Savage Lovecast is brought to you by Smitten Kitten, offering an amazing selection of products for your sex life. Enter Savage Kitten at smittenkittenonline.com for 20% off your purchase. Hey, Dan. Uh, 31-year-old male, uh, straight, uh, married. I've been together with my wife since I was 16 and she was 18. Um, we had a kid together when I was 20 in university. We got married nine months after that. We've always been together we've always been pretty happy with each other um things have changed in the last year or so my wife has never really had any interesting sexual fantasies i've been interested in watching her a little bit and we've talked about that and she knew that um watching her with another man nothing ever really came of that until a, a little over a year ago she went out with a friend and came home at four in the morning and said that she had left the bar with a guy and gone back to the car and fooled around and did some heavy petting. And we kind of talked a lot more about possibilities after that. Um, and again, decided that, you know, we didn't want anything to do with that, that, you know, we, we wanted to stay monogamous. And then about a month ago, she went out again and ran into the same guy and ended up doing the same thing and then came home and said, you know, she wanted to have a relationship, uh, be non-monogamous, have a relationship with him. And, and go back and have sex with him. And she did that, and that was fine with me. It actually turns me on a lot. And the problem came kind of after they'd seen each other a few times, I started to get really pretty insecure about it. And uh, I wanted to I want to kind of know everything about what's going on. I, 
I want to know what the texts she gets from him are, what they I am about, what happens when they're together. I feel like I, I don't trust what's going on. I'm worried that I'm going to lose her. And, and so I want to know everything. And I feel like that's pushing her away sometimes because she wants it to be something that's just her. So what do I do? There are many different ways to be non-monogamous. You've been in this committed relationship for a while. She wants to open it up. You can have an open relationship, a polyamorous relationship, cuckolding. That sounds the, – the latter, cuckolding, sounds like what you were really interested in, which is her sleeping with other people and coming home and telling you all the dirty details because that would turn you on. And that's you know what would be in it for you, her having this freedom, her sleeping with other people. What's in it for you? The turnout of hearing about it, having your nose rubbed in it, and then getting to bang away at uh, her yourself, knowing that you're kind of reclaiming her. And it doesn't sound like what she's up for. It sounds like she wants to have a relationship with this other guy, and she wants it to be private. That isn't going to work if she's in a relationship with you, if you're her primary partner. This guy, who may be her secondary partner, has to come – what's the word? Second. That your emotional security and your sense of safety and your bond, uh, yours and hers to each other, comes first is what this is all about. It, it is her top priority? Is your top priority? And it doesn't sound like she's respecting that. You know, Based on what you've said, it sounds like – you may very well lose her to this guy. Now, I don't want to panic you, and a lot of people who are in closed monogamous relationships lose their partners too. It's not like it being closed is magic that means you'll be together forever. But right now, this isn't working, and so you need to pull the plug. You need to say, the way we've structured this in this sort of haphazard manner isn't working for me and it's undermining my sense of security and safety in this relationship. And so it's got to stop for now. We need to renegotiate uh, the terms of our open relationship. And to do that, we need to close the relationship until those terms are, are hammered out and they are mutually uh, acceptable and they don't make me crazy uh, and they don't make you feel constrained if she doesn't want to feel constrained. But you need to pull way back. And her reaction to that ultimatum will tell you everything you need to know about whether you still are her top priority. If you say, right now, you need to end it with him and we need to focus on us because I'm not feeling it, and she won't end it with him, that may be evidence that uh, it's over with you, I'm sorry to say. Hi, Dan. I am a 21-year-old lesbian. I've been in a relationship with my current girlfriend for going on two years. And um, about six, eight months ago, um, she revealed to me her, her desire to explore submission, the submission side of BDSM. Um, and since then, we've, we've had a lot of fun and, and we've been working on it. And uh, I, it, it wasn't something I'd thought about before, but now that I've tried it, it's... Um, it's really nice. I really like it. Recently, I've been looking into getting a gag. Um, I mean, I've already bought plenty of sex toys of other varieties, but we have yet to get a gag. And so I was looking, researching online about gagging, and um, I stumbled across a website that, frankly, freaked me out a little. Um, it had, you know, it boldly proclaimed that most gags on the market were unsafe and badly made, um, and had a huge list of 
things that could go wrong, asphyxiation, choking on saliva, you know, um, not being able to breathe. You know, I'd always thought of gagging as sort of a milder side of the wild side type thing. And so I was wondering, you know, what should you look for in a gag that won't cause something catastrophic? Um, you know, I, I don't want to be cutting off her air in any way, shape, or form. So that's the, that's the first part of my question. Um, the second one being, in our exploration of BDSM, we've been talking a lot about kind of role-playing or um, maybe role-playing is the wrong word, um, kind of just the way you would talk within a scene. Um, and I have discovered that I have a big problem with titles. Um, I like the idea of being called something um, when we're engaging in a BDSM scene as opposed to the rest of our lives or, you know, when we decide to do vanilla sex or whatever. But most of the of the common titles just seem silly or way too gendered for me. Um, things like mistress and master and um, sir and ma'am. Uh, things like mistress and ma'am make me feel old or, you know, they sound like something you would call a teacher <laughs> or, you know, mistress sounds like, you know, a mistress, someone who, you know, is the other half of a cheating couple as opposed to someone in a position of power. And the male pronoun, uh, male. Let this call be a lesson to all. Nascent, blooming, uh, just beginning to explore BDSMers out there that you can overthink BDSM to the point where it is tedious and boring. Which is kind of amazing, really, because BDSM is so sort of naughty and interesting. Even people who aren't into BDSM are like, whoa, what the fuck? Until a BDSMer starts to talk about it. And then it can get – I mean, maybe what they're doing is they're punishing all of us, uh, punishing everyone. Maybe it's a kind of an SM scene where I'm going to bore you into submission. Sorry. I don't mean to be mean. Maybe it's not a factor of your BDSMery. Maybe it's your lesbianism. Now – you can use whatever term you want. I knew this BDSMer in Amsterdam a million years ago who called himself, who told guys to call him fucker because that's what he did. He fucked guys. So he was not master. He was fucker. You can pick anything. You can be Girl Scout camp leader. You can be head cheerleader. You can be your first name. You can be whatever. You know, uh, some people, I like to say that BDSM is cops and robbers for grownups with your pants off and orgasms. And some people aren't actors. Some people aren't good at playing cops and robbers or they have to pretend to be a robber, pretend to be a cop. So those people, when they're into BDSM, the, the best thing to do is just be yourself. You are her girlfriend, but she is submissive to you, her girlfriend. Use your name. And you don't have to hew to somebody else's fantasies about terminology and about power roles and about loaded words like master or mistress. They don't like them. They don't work for you. Use your names. And don't worry about it. You're not doing BDSM wrong if she's not addressing you with some honorific. As for gags, you don't want something that's going to go into her mouth necessarily, particularly if you leave her alone tied up and gagged, which you should not do. Uh, a gag that rests uh, firmly over the face is not going to choke her up. Don't put a sock in her mouth. Don't put your wadded up panties in her mouth and then tape them in place because they could slip down her throat and she could asphyxiate. And don't use a ball gag or a bit gag or a full face gag and then uh, leave her alone because perhaps she has an allergic reaction and her sinuses fill up with snot and she asphyxiates. Just don't do it. But 
there are so many people out there into BDSM. There are so many sex toy shops, Mr. S and uh, medicaltoys.com and the stock room and blah, 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 selling in fetters, selling gags like crazy. If there was this gag accost where there were bottoms dying all over the country because gags are inherently dangerous, we would hear about it. We don't hear about it. Therefore, I think the concern is overblown and the website that you flounced into was perhaps sex negative, perhaps BDSM negative, perhaps trying to scare 21-year-old lesbians who think too hard about this stuff off of the sex that turns them on. Every once in a while, though, you will turn on the news and you'll hear about a BDSM death that's asphyxiation-related. I remember one from a few years ago where some guys – and see if you can spot what they did wrong here – wrapped this guy's head in duct tape. The only thing he could breathe through was a straw that was inserted into his mouth, tied him up and left him in a closet overnight, and he asphyxiated. What did he do wrong? Well, they left him alone. They cut off most of his air supply, cut off his nose. It was a very stupid, dangerous, risky thing to do, and people are in prison now for doing it. If you're with her when she's gagged, if you're monitoring her ability to breathe when she's gagged and you're there to pull the gag out, uh, if she's in any distress whatsoever, if there's any question whatsoever, you'll be fine. This episode of the Savage Lovecast is brought to you by Smitten Kitten. Smitten Kitten has an amazing selection of products for your sex life. Whether you're single or with a partner, their non-toxic, body-safe toys are the best quality products available. Shop their easy-to-navigate, secure website at smittenkittenonline.com or visit the newest Smitten Kitten location at 70 Broadway in Denver, Colorado. Take 20% off any order online or in-store with the code SAVAGEKITTEN. Smitten Kitten, sex toys for everyday people. Hey there, Dan. I'm a 25-year-old gay dude, and I don't really need advice, but I just wanted to know if you agree with me on this. I think it's so fucked up that so many guys are too much of a pussy, not to be, uh, not to degrade women there, are too lame to say, you know, I'm not interested anymore, rather than letting their lack of communication speak for them. When I'm not interested in a guy I'm dating, I text him with the response to his request for another date or whatever with a, you know, I'm not feeling it. And I think that's the right thing to do. But like, I guess just now there's this guy who I hung out with a few times and thought it was going great. And he, uh, I guess doesn't, isn't interested anymore. And I know that because he, uh, stopped responding to my texts. I think, uh, guys should man up and, uh, say they're not interested if they're not interested rather than just falling off the face of the earth. Do I have a right to be this pissed off at guys who don't respond. I mean, I think that if you go on a few dates with someone, they're owed, uh, I'm not feeling it anymore. I extend that courtesy to guys and I think it should be a rule. So, uh, can you please enact that into law? Okay. Oh, if only I had the power to enact laws that everyone on earth, all particularly men had to obey. Um, yeah, you don't want to call somebody a pussy, uh, cause that's, you know, anti-woman. Much better to call them lame. Uh, no, call them a scrotum because scrotums are weak and uh, silly and defenseless and, and not particularly attractive to most people. Now, uh, women have been bitching about straight men forever that they don't call, they don't call, they don't call. 
and then they don't know what happened. Well, what happened was he's not interested. The, the, the lack of response is itself the communication you say you're not getting, right? Yes, he should. They should. Men should. Women should have the, the ovaries to say, look, it was nice to date you. I'm not feeling it. Thank you. And good on you since that's the way you would like to be treated and you are treating other people that way. The golden rule in action. But I wouldn't invest too much time or energy in getting wrapped up and upset about this because your anger isn't going to change anything. Uh, this seems to be the way many men handle conflict. Uh, they avoid it and th- many men handle you know, meeting out rejection. They'd rather imply it or let somebody have to infer it than actually just haul out and send the text reject. And, and you know, you're – patting yourself on the back for sending texts saying, I'm not interested. When I get emails every day from people saying, the asshole sent me a text telling me he's not interested. What an asshole to say that by text. So some people even think the way you're handling it isn't okay. There's no great way to be rejected, to experience rejection. There's no great sort of healing, happy way to let somebody down. There isn't letting anybody down easy ever. So yeah, it's shitty. Men are like that. What can you do? Hey, Dan. I'm a young man who's um, been out for a few years, and I've recently decided to join the Air Force. Um, I'm going back into the closet because of the current political atmosphere, and I have a few friends who are straight and um, some gay friends also who think that my decision is a little um, is taking things a little too seriously because I'm taking it pretty serious. I'm covering some stuff up and and. Um, deleting Facebook Facebook account and changing email and stuff like that. So I just wanted to see what your thoughts were about it. What do I think? I think gays and lesbians should be able to serve openly in the military. Barack Obama, president of the United States of America, thinks the same thing. He hasn't done much about it, made a couple of pretty speeches, asked Congress to pretty please do it, uh, hasn't suspended enforcement of Don't Ask, Don't Tell. So at the moment, if you, as a gay guy, Want to join the Air Force? You do need to delete your Facebook page where there's pictures of you with your tongue in your boyfriend's mouth. You do need to change your email addresses. That may not ultimately protect you. The Air Force doesn't necessarily do Google searches. And if they Google cache you, you may not be able to successfully hide all that info about you. Most people who are outed in the military and tossed out of the military for their sexual orientation are outed by someone. Not by a stray email, not by a Facebook page, but by someone turning them in. And you can delete your Facebook page, you can delete your emails, but you can't delete your friends and family who know that you're openly gay, and you can't delete malice, unfortunately. That's one of the most ironic, ridiculous, appalling, offensive things about Don't Ask, Don't Tell is it actually undermines the security of the country because everybody who's closeted and in the military is potentially blackmailable. Because if somebody knows that they're gay and their military career is at stake if they're outed, that person who knows who is threatening to out them could leverage that information, could blackmail that Air Force member, that Marine, that soldier, that Navy SEAL, whatever, into compromising the security of the United States. But if you want to join the military, these are the hoops you have to jump through right now. And you got to play the game. So what do I think? I think it's fucked up that you have to go back into the closet to join the Air Force. But you're not the author of that fucked upness, and I'm not the author of that fucked upness. If it were up to me and it were up to you, 
And if it were up to the President of the United States, you wouldn't have to go back in the closet. Hi, Dan. I'm a 26-year-old guy from New York and uh, got a relationship question. Uh, I've been together with my girlfriend for three years. Um, and the sex is kind of getting all boring, to be honest. Uh, uh, she's on the pill every time I have to wear a condom. And I have to pull out every single time, even though she's on the pill. And uh, I wear a condom, I still have to pull out. Uh, our sex our sex drives are different. Uh, I Obviously, I want it more. Um, and she's kind of indifferent about it. I mean, I give sex about maybe... We don't really see each other during the week. Um, but we see each other every weekend. I get it. Once at least. I'm twice if I'm lucky. So, and, uh, you know, like... I'd like it more, obviously. Uh, very vanilla. Uh, she's, um, she's unwilling to try other things. Like it's kind of difficult just to even get her to do like reverse cowgirl or something like that. I mean, I'd like to try anal, but she's unwilling to do that. Completely unwilling to do that. I guess she had a. She said she had a bad past experience, and that's understanding. And you know, I'd even. It's not like I'm just going to jam it in her asshole. I'm. I mean, I'd like to take the time and do it properly and see if she likes it. But you know, that's uh, out of the question apparently. And I'm just wondering if it's like if we're going to cause problems. This this whole thing, this sex thing, is going to cause problems in the future, or what's going to happen? And it's just going to end up me cheating on her eventually, or breaking up. You know, I'm I love her. I'm very committed to her, but it's just like every time I try to bring it up, and I do bring it up quite often, it usually leads to an argument, and um, I feel guilty at the end of it. And it's just like, why should I feel guilty when I'm just I'm being honest and asking you for the kind of sex that I want, but I can't even, I can't even have it. You know, I'd like to not have to wear a condom and like bust a nut on your stomach or something. I and mean, you won't even let me do that because you're so afraid of, of semen. And it's just like, uh, I don't know. Break up with her. The end. Thank you for calling. You're not happy. The sex is boring. She crazy. She sounds really crazy. She sounds like she's really afraid of semen. Maybe she almost drowned in a vat of it when she was a child or something. But she's nuts, and this isn't a problem that's going to get any better. Maybe if she went off the pill for a while, which can suppress some women's libidos or tried a different form of hormonal birth control, things might improve. But you don't sound happy. And this kind of mix-matched libido, uh, sexual adventurous dude or sexual adventurous woman with cold, unadventurous uh, girlfriend or boyfriend, these sorts of things never work out. Yes, you love her. You are, however, sexually incompatible. And that is huge. That is not a trifling matter. People who are crazy or sex negative, the culture, our crazy sex negative culture will tell you that sex is so unimportant. If you love each other, you should be able to get past this lifelong misery. You should be able to get past this lifelong misery, the sense of constant rejection that you will have to live with and frustration. And you will eventually cheat on her and then you will be the bad guy because you stayed with her and tried to work through it and suffered and suffered and suffered until you snapped and fucked somebody else. Don't go down that road. Just dump her already. Be done with it. It's not going to work out in the long run, because again, you are sexually incompatible. I want to end by saying you have a right to sexual fulfillment, but that's a lie. No one has a right to sexual fulfillment. Like we have a right to healthcare. You have a right to seek sexual fulfillment. That is a legitimate goal. 
in you know constructing romantic life. You're not getting it from her and you never will. So you should seek sexual fulfillment while you're young and hearty elsewhere and see if you can't land a girlfriend or potentially a wife who is interested in the things that you're interested in and is interested in your pleasure and happiness. And this girl ain't. Hi, Dan. I'm a 25-year-old straight male. And my question is regarding facial hair. I recently grew a beard, and I really, really love growing down on my girlfriend. And, you know, I'm closed out at the night, like right before we go to bed. And I'm wondering if, you know, if it's like immediately necessary for me to wash my face right after doing it. Because, you know, in the past, it's not really that big of a deal, but, you know, sometimes my, my beard gets a little, you know, dirty. And I don't know if it's, you know, just kind of like a, like a personal preference, you know, like if you're, if I, you know, if it's some kind of health risk, you know, my girlfriend is very clean and everything, but if it's, you know, I'm just kind of curious if there's, if I should immediately do it or just kind of hold off until next, the next morning, if that's okay. It's not like the residue is going to spontaneously combust at hour eight while you're sleeping next to your girlfriend. I would hope that you have the simple human decency to wash your face with that horrible hipster beard thing on it before you leave the house, before you spread cooties, all before you kiss somebody who isn't your girlfriend, your mother, before you hug a friend, before you nuzzle your dog. You know, it's fine if, you know, one of the things that one of the pleasures of sex is getting covered with somebody else's scent and then smelling them on you, right? And one of the responsibilities as a sexually active adult when you're covered with that scent is not to tell other people about it. If you're enjoying it, you don't want to watch. Like, okay, then just shut the fuck up and uh, don't rub it in my face and keep your beard away from me. But you're free to, like, leave the house with icicles, vaginal secretions. Hanging from your beard, if that makes you happy. Just never tell anybody, ever. And don't call me ever again about your facial hair. I'm, a, I'm opposed to facial hair. I think facial hair is a curse and a scourge. And uh, particularly all those hipster boys with long beards. Many of whom work in restaurants that I eat at, who God knows what's flaking out of their beards while they're making my fucking salad. Ugh. Oh, thank you for your call. Hi, Dan. I just listened to Podcast 178, and I immediately went out and wrote to the um, superintendent or people at that school in that school district, and um, I just wanted to call and tell you that I am so incensed, and I'm sure my letter was practically incoherent, but I did point out in my letter to them that I graduated from high school in 2008, and I was lucky enough to attend my senior prom with my girlfriend, and um, I think it, absolutely nobody had a problem with it. It did not distract anyone, and I don't think half my classmates even noticed or cared, so um yeah, I just wanted to let you know that, and um, I'm just as angry as you are, and I have sent my letter and, and telling all of my friends to also send their letters, so thank you for that. Thank you very much for writing to the Itawamba County School Board, which made the decision to cancel prom and bring the wrath of her fellow students down on Constance McMillan's head, rather than allowing Constance McMillan to attend prom with her girlfriend. 
Interestingly enough, one of the things I said when the whole Constance McMillan prom, Itawamba, Fulton, Mississippi scandal blew up was we needed to get in the faces of the Itawamba County School Board, the superintendent of Itawamba County Schools, uh, Teresa McNeese, and the principal of Itawamba County Agricultural, not just because of what they had done, but to serve – to really kind of punish them. They said that Constance McMillan civil rights would might be a distraction, so they canceled prom. And we had to make sure that bigotry and intolerance were a bigger distraction for Itawamba County schools than tolerance and inclusion ever could have been. And we managed successfully to do that. They went to court a couple of weeks ago and they argued in court that, you know, they had no choice to cancel prom because look at all these emails and calls they were getting. And then they were forced under cross examination the head of Itawamba County Schools, Teresa McNeese, to admit that they weren't getting any calls or emails until they canceled prom. So saying that they canceled prom because of the calls and emails was a lie. But I said we needed to get in their faces. We need to come down on them so that other principals and other school superintendents and other parts of the country would look at what happened to Itawamba County and think twice before they discriminated against gay and lesbian high school students, before they canceled proms and painted bullseyes on the backs of gay and lesbian students in small towns who are already pretty vulnerable and already at risk of emotional and physical violence from their classmates who are homophobic. And interestingly enough, in nearby Georgia, a gay high school student asked if he could bring his boyfriend to prom, and his principal said no. And a week later, changed her mind. The same week that Itawamba County schools had to go to court and were getting dragged through the mud on network television and cable television news shows and being screamed at by sex advice columnists. The principal of Bleckley County High School in Cochran, Georgia, population 5200, watched what happened to Itawamba County and said, you know what, probably less trouble to let this kid come to prom with his date like any other student than to incur the wrath of furious sex advice columnists, podcasts, and Ellen DeGeneres. So good for all of you who wrote to Itawamba County, who called out Teresa McNeese, who came to Constance McMillan's defense, because Derek Martin, an 18-year-old high school senior in Georgia, a small town, is going to his school prom with his boyfriend. Derek is an honor roll student who tutors at-risk elementary and middle school students. We love those at-risk youth. Derek works with them. He's going to prom in part, don't let anyone tell you otherwise, in part because of everyone who jumped down the throats of the Itawamba County School Board. So thanks. Hey, Dan. Um, I'm calling in response to, uh, I think I said a 17-year-old gay male coming to Seattle U who was upset that there were no gays in his hometown. I just wanted to reiterate your assertion that there are plenty of gays at this school, and you'll find out soon enough just how how many there are. It's pretty much a joke, so don't worry. You're going to be sick of them soon enough, and you'll find the good ones. They're out there. Hello. How are you? And, uh, yeah, looking forward to meeting you. Hi, Dan. It's um, a 22-year-old straight female. Um I had basically been able to count my physical encounters on one hand um, until this past week. I've been a listener of your podcast for a while now, and I really just, everything that you had ever said or advice you'd ever given 
helped me so much when I had basically like the best sexual experience ever in which I was just honest about how I was and the guy I was with happened to really be great and communicative and asked me what I wanted and I was really GGG and you gave me so much confidence to be comfortable in the bedroom and be adventurous and it was just really, really great and I don't think that I would have been able to have that experience had you not existed. Thanks very much for those calls and uh, particularly that last caller. It's nice to know it's all not for naught. And uh, good for you for being uh, sexually adventurous and GGG and having such a great experience. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast if you'd like to record a call for a future program. You download us every week at www.thestranger.com slash savage. I blog every day at slog.thestranger.com where you can read the savage love letter of the day. And once again, that number 206-201-2720. And me and the tech savvy at risk elementary and middle school youth. We'll be back at you next week. Another installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thanks for listening.